Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got with me today, Ekalemchi Okimbo, to talk about the song Tesla, Tesla 2468, and all the other multitude of Teslas uh, from Nanobots and More Murdered Remains, and it's a very complicated song. So, let's get to it. Tesla. Brought the x-ray photo to the world Brought the AC power to the world Here is a mind that can see across space Here is a mind soaring free Sound turns to light and light turns to waves And waves turn to all things Maybe that knowledge would drive one insane How can that knowledge be tamed? Tesla Brought the x-ray photo to the world Brought the AC power to the world Here is a mind that can see across space here is a mind soaring free. Sound turns to the light, and light turns to waves, and waves turn to all things perceived. Maybe that knowledge would drive one insane. How can that knowledge be This love. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm. Try and keep myself busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy times, as we all know. And uh, holidays coming up. Actually, this might post... Uh, I think it's going to post after the holidays. After. So, did you have a good holiday season? Oh, uh, you know. Uh, you know, this is uh, being recorded on uh, Night 7. So, uh, Night 7 Hanukkah. So, you know, we're partying. You party, party, party. Nice, nice. Uh, nice. I did spend all of yesterday... Not all of yesterday, but like an uh, inordinate amount of time for a, uh, we'll call her a friend. Uh, so uh, I, <laughs> she got me this birthday gift, right? Um, because of you know the distance stuff, we haven't been able to see each other. So she got me a birthday gift, and it comes up, uh, and I and I bring in this thing. It's this cake, and I'm like, okay. And my sister sees this, and she's just like, someone bought you a milk bar cake, and I'm like, what is a milk bar cake? So apparently that's a big deal. I don't know. I still don't know. It was. I, <laughs> I've never heard of it. Like apparently it's the lady from like MasterChef or something's company, and it's made out of a cereal. I don't know. 
I liked the cake, although the frosting <laughs> was a bit sweet. So I'm like, I'm going to do something in return. So uh, unfortunately, when COVID first hit, like around that period of time, her cat died. So um, I painted her a large portrait of her cat, um, which took a really long time. Um, and I hope she likes it. Uh, especially because my main art style is very much less here is a picture of an animal and more here are some scribbles that are in colors that I like. So wait, is this this is what's hiding behind you? Is it is is that it back there? No, no, that no, no this is something I made. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Twenty eighteen. So this is what I normally make. I okay. had a cat, like a like a like a like a, like I had a reference <laughs> picture and I and I traced it with my with my uh using the canvas and i put my laptop underneath that like as a light box i traced it and i like mixed colors and i tried to uh-huh. make this thing look like an actual cat and i think it turned out i'm hoping it turned out <laughs> but she has no idea what's coming uh but like, <laughs> i'm sure she'll appreciate be great. yeah the the effort and the thought of course i'm i'm imagining it being pretty awesome based on the uh, style i'm seeing on the one behind you <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, people have heard you briefly on the show last January, you were on to talk about a, a flood tribute, a covers compilation that you spearheaded and put together, um, through the, they might be ship posting Facebook group. Uh, but this is your first proper TMBP episode. Yep. So you need to tell everybody about how you got into they might be giants. All right. Tell the tale. All right. So this is my, so the, the scene set the scene. It is my oldest sister's <laughs> 17th birthday party. Um, one of her friends uh, makes her a mixed CD that starts off with this song that they, like he had wrote for her. Right. It was, it's a very goofy song. Um, and basically that song plays a couple other songs plays and the rest of the mix CD is they might be giant songs. Wow. Um, cool friend. <laughs> and it ends with fingertips. So at this point in time, uh, I don't know how old I am. I'm probably like 11 or 12. So that is the prime age to hear fingertips like straight up. It's like 2006 <laughs> and you hear a person go finger, like everything about that <laughs> is designed for a child of that age um plus like the attention span of an 11 year old exactly exactly you know these 10 to 30 second songs yeah yeah, like and i couldn't (laughs) the thing is i didn't even remember the name of the band correctly i thought it was like uh uh it was like i would say they may be giants (laughs) like i sounded (laughs) like a talk show host from the 90s when trying to describe this band the other there must be giants exactly um there was so this is way back in the uh limewire days so i went on to limewire and i downloaded everything that i could find um which included uh the um the viruses for your computer yes this you know the spider you know there's a (laughs) clip of john flansburg being like we didn't write fish heads we didn't write 88 lines about 44 women there's also one that was a spider-man song that is mistakenly attributed uh, to the Giants, uh-huh. and that was the one that I listened hmm. to the most. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was also the song of Fifty States, which I did not know was a Linnell project until much later. Um, 
The first time I listened to Flood, funnily enough, I was going to Spokane, this is eighth grade, and I'm going to eighth grade or seventh grade, something around that time. So I'm going to Spokane, and the and um, the parents driving us to Spokane, me and two of my uh, teammates were just like, "Do you have any music that you like?" And I'm just like, "They might be giants," and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> And they had a flood set. So we listened to Flood. Like, um, I did not realize that was Flood until several years later. Um, but there was there we were we were having a blast listening to Flood um on that road trip. Uh, which is a fond memory uh for me. After that, uh got older. Uh I it was very odd for me because as a young person, I had very strict rules about what kind of like self-imposed rules uh-huh. about what music that I could listen to and what music I couldn't listen to. Cause if music was like too secular or, um, I don't know, too worldly, then I would be like, no, I can't do this. It's kind of like how, <laughs> like the first time I heard my humps by the black Eyed peas, it was playing in the gymnasium of the, of the middle school. And I think I actually literally left. <laughs> Like I'm ran like, out I know screaming. This, this is I can't do this, right? Um so Well that song is horrible. I mean no matter Oh what, it, oh, it is. Yeah. It's a terrible song. It is it is a terrible song. But it's one of those things where like now I can go back and listen to the black eyed peas and be like, Wow, this is super fun to listen to. I understand why this played on the radio all the time, um, kind of things. But I got out of the band at some point in time, eighth grade, because I was just kind of like not on LimeWire every day. Um, and then I got back into them when I figured out uh, how, allegedly figured out how to uh, surf the other Pirate Bay kind of websites. Uh-huh. So I, alleg- <laughs> I allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, I, I found myself in those toes in that, in that section of the world and then found myself being like, oh, you can just press a button and get like all the albums. Uh, the interesting <laughs> thing about my early listening habits is that I was... Be- especially because I think it's because I first heard Fingertips. I did not listen to a Dairy Giant song that was longer than three minutes for several years. Well, they, they honestly don't have that that many songs that are much over three minutes. <laughs> right, but like if a song was like three minutes long, I'd be like, I'm just not going to listen to this one. <laughs> so there are several songs that I just never ended up listening to until I was... Uh, how old? I think I was probably graduated from high school like 2013 ish where i started getting into collecting vinyl and then i started listening to albums and i'm like i'm gonna listen to all these albums and then there are all these songs i'm like oh my god how did i not listen to this yeah uh but there's there's some exceptions to that rule but that's kind of how all of that developed and i think that having that kind of relationship with being like listening to the band for a long time and listening to them in different ways for a long time and then finally getting a full footing on the band when i started being like making my own music and being more analytical in the way that i listen to music i think kind of changes the way that i talk about the band with other people it's kind of a problem but i think we're gonna get into that (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. So, so first uh, stealing much content from the band, but then later making up for it in vinyl purchases. Oh my! I <laughs> like of the of the of the of the twelve inches that I that I have uh, that I don't have. I don't have Idle Y 
Idlewild because at the point where I could have bought it, I'm like, I have most of these songs already. I don't have Factory Showroom. I don't have Apollo 18 on vinyl. I've bought those on CD, though. Uh, Is has Factory Showroom been put out on vinyl? I don't know if I've ever yeah, seen a yeah, vinyl yeah. copy of it. Yeah. Uh, Factory Showroom got put out by Asbestos, who did reprints of okay, Factory Showroom, Apollo 18, and John Henry. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure I'd um, seen that. Maybe last time I looked at theirs. Because I had Matt Flood, who runs that. He was on the show. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe time last time I looked at their site, they maybe are sold out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't think that they're on the site anymore. Um, so I don't have those two. Um, my sister bought me the John Henry demos. Um, I don't have my murdered remains on vinyl, but I was part of the IFC, so I had it on CD. Mm-hmm. That might be it. I have well, first they, prince. They have a lot of albums, so you've got a lot of the yeah. Giants vinyl. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. 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 And. The well, the story of how this this episode started coming to be is that you uh, actually picked specifically Tesla two four six eight, which had a proper release on more murdered remains. Yep. Uh, and then I'm like, well, we got to do you know Tesla, regular <laughs> Tesla too. And you're like, fine. So, <laughs> so why why did you pick? Why were you wanting to do just? Tesla two four six eight. Is it because everyone else hates it? Yeah, I like as I said, as I said, <laughs> like I said, I I have gotten um with the shit posting groups. I've gotten um not necessarily. Sometimes it was legitimate trouble in the early days, but I kind of have a reputation in that group for being abrasive <laughs> and i want to clarify that here for anybody in the group that's listening mm-hmm. uh, uh some of the people in that group have me blocked but so they're probably not yeah. gonna listen to it but for the for, <laughs> for the people that don't for the people that want to hear me out uh so what i so i <laughs> what i find incredibly funny like fun um is or actually, let me let me tell the story like this. So when I was in high school, I got like radicalized politically because of the death of Trevor Martin. Um, but I live in a very conservative area. Like the school that I graduated from is literally named after the atomic bomb they dropped in Nagasaki. So that's what? its mascot. Yeah, uh, Ritz and Bombers, baby, class oh. of twenty twelve. So, Fuck. <laughs> um. I had a government class with this guy, Mr. McDonald. I also had international problems with him. And what I, when I first started international problems, what I would do was that I would make sure that we had to do political cartoons. And so I picked all my political cartoons and like, no, it wasn't political. It was, it was news articles. I picked every news article that we had to do every week to be something from the onion to see if he caught on. And he didn't. So, um, (laughs) that's, that's the tone. So I've now been radicalized, right? I am like, I need to fight racism by myself uh which is a, not how it works but <laughs> at one point the this uh, mr mcdonald uh we have to do um supreme court cases and mr mcdonald's like yeah you can go as long as you want which is first mistake um which is <laughs> his biggest mistake and he mentioned the, the record for the longest one that he had was 11 minutes second mistake so what I did is I said, I decided to do one on affirmative action, and I had a slide in my slideshow that was just like, uh, you cannot be racist against white people, any questions. And that's all I said. And I opened the floor for questions, and people yelled at me for 15 minutes. 
It was 15 of minutes of me did. versus the entire classroom. White people yelled at you for 15 minutes. Arguing, yeah. And I, was, I, don't, I don't think I was like very good at arguing that point, and I would not do that... Uh, I would not have a conversation like that today because it was very much of like yelling kind of thing. If uh-huh. I wanted to talk about serious topics, you have to be more nuanced about it. However, it was very fun. And <laughs> <laughs> what I what I want the my point is that like there is honestly a lot of fun to be had in arguing. I think that arguing is a really fun way of doing discussions. And it's more fun when the things that you're arguing about do not matter at all whatsoever. If you're talking about something with actual stakes, then getting emotional about it makes sense and it kind of like weakens your argument. But if you're arguing about what was the best uh, uh, song that uh, Every Giants released in, this, in the year 2018, right. and I say like Best Regrets or something, and I'm like, if you think <laughs> Best Regrets is not the best song that they released that year, then you clearly have no ears and don't listen to music. <laughs> when it, does, it doesn't matter. But it is fun. It is fun to kind of put these like high stakes on these trivial things. And I think that um, a lot of people saw me be very aggressive about uh, my my uh, music opinions and took it like the most seriously as in this is who I really am. And in some cases, like I do agree basic with most of my opinions from back then. Um, Is Best Regrets the best song? It's top five. Uh, But... (laughs) I did it in a way where it was very much like I'm going to pretend that I'm the only person that knows anything about the right. band. Well, yeah, and yeah. It, but it's but it's, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't meant to be uh, in a way where I'm like actually if you disagree with me then you're actually a bad person even if I said that because I <laughs> I felt that was part of a bit that was me having fun with it. Go jump off but, a bridge. But uh, yeah, I never took it that way. I mean, this is I mean when you're. <laughs> People arguing about music, this is how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to say, this is the best song ever. What is fucking wrong with you? You're not going to be like, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. You're entitled to your opinion. I mean, what is that like? Okay, then that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> that's the end of the conversation. It's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're both right in a way. What's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, it's very fun to argue about, especially when people are like, no, it's just about opinions. I'm like, no, this is objective. Because that is the easiest. <laughs> arguing about objectivity is the easiest way to just derail a conversation. And it's fun. It is super fun to just make a mess of things. Uh, so to bring this back to Tesla 2468, <laughs> I have very strong opinions about this album, about this song, and about its place in the canon. And it's probably... Uh, the most, the single most controversial Harry Giant song that has ever been released. It's almost like they shit posted their own song. <laughs> 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 but but we can we can get into that. I think we need to, you know, you might need to maybe need to back up. maybe put that to the side and talk about Tesla proper because there would be no Tesla two four six eight without Tesla off oh, yeah. of, off of Nanobots. Yes. So. Uh, Let's get into that. Now, the, the guy that the song is all about, Nikola Tesla, do you know much about him? I te- he, Tesla is one of those interesting historical figures because I think I was a little bit too old when the Tesla train took off as far as like him as a cultural figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I had been maybe like 15 or 16 and he was like have you heard about this new tesla i would have been obsessed with him i would have been absolutely just transfixed by this character um 
just the way that like he was quietly doing all this brilliant stuff, the way that he was screwed over by the guy that we all know everything about, the way that he mysteriously died, the way that he um like allegedly had these like huge like this death ray. Like that is that is that is prime <laughs> um, mythological character development stuff, especially for like a teenage me, right? That is the definitely the kind of thing I would have been into at that point. Um what I do one thing I do want to mention though, uh, is that when I think of Tesla right right now, one of the things I think about I should have brought this. One of the things I think about is that um my favorite one of my favorite writers, uh, Hanif Abdurbkeep, my favorite active writer, Hanif Abdurbkeep, who is an SES and a music critic and poet, uh, he released a he released a book of poetry called uh, uh, "A Fortune for Your Disaster," if I remember correctly. Uh, and in that, he has a series of poems that is that are based off of the depiction of Nikola Tesla in the Nolan movie, The Prestige, uh, because the book is kind of based off of oh, as like structured around the prestige I've never and seen yeah it's okay uh yeah. but i i tried watching it i didn't like that movie very much but the name of that poem which there's like three of in the book is called it's not like nikola tesla knew all those children were going to die and that is what sticks in my head every single time wait. i hear tesla's name wait what <laughs> what what is, what is that even about what does that mean i don't what <laughs> so all right all right all right spoilers for the prestige as far as i understand it so the prestige is like these two music these two magicians that are uh, dueling each other right. and one of them is like i'm going to go to nikola tesla to make a machine for me that will help me be better than this other magician and nikola tesla helps design this machine but the thing is for the machine to work and the trick to work people have to die Mm. So he makes this machine without knowing of the consequences of his actions. Okay, so wait, just and just so, just so I'm not totally confused. So the, just a, a character based on the real guy Nikola Tesla is in this fictional yes. story. Because yes. I'm like I'm like I read up a little bit on Tesla. I don't remember anything <laughs> going horribly wrong oh. where a bunch of children died. So so <laughs> so yeah. So in, in a fictionalized story, mm-hmm. Tesla as a character was in. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, but his, like, I I can talk about Honey Forever. Like, he is one of those people where I read what like he's one of those um music critics where he'll talk about like an artist that I would never have given a chance to, and then he'll sell me and be like, okay, I'm gonna listen to Carly Rae Jepsen right now. <laughs> like, I don't know how he his poetry is some of the most like poetry uh is kind of this exercise in saying these uh saying using as few words to make as big of an idea as possible and hanif has kind of got that down to a i wouldn't say a science but like he has this ability to say the most simple things in ways that have absolutely kept me awake at night Mm. um just incredible stuff um my old when i was doing slam in um in boston my poetry coach was like hey your writing reminds me of this guy uh, of hanif so i read hanif stuff and i actually met hanif because he was living in connecticut at the time and i'm just like that is probably the highest compliment i've ever had on one of my 
Alma Poems to be compared to Hanif as as a writer. Nice. Uh, and I, I I understand the comparison, but it's 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 also it's just like it it's that, that, that like the fact that that's five years ago, and I still think about that when I'm when I'm writing is is just how high of regard I think that's awesome. of Hanif. Uh, but that's what I think of when I hear Tesla. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think you know I was never really much of a science dude i mean i made it through my high school science classes all right um and you know i knew the basics about these kind of guys but yeah tesla i feel like is a guy that um his legend has kind of become more popular since after i was in high school and definitely people are hearing the name more now now that a you know an automotive company has adopted his name um Uh so his name is is out there um but i think the big thing most people know about him is that he was kind of a uh, uh, competitor of Thomas Edison uh-huh. and he worked for Edison briefly um, but then his his big his big um, victory against Edison Ed- Edison definitely came out he was the better you know entrepreneur and uh, you know marketing his stuff and all that but uh, uh, Edison was pushing for um, DC power, direct current, while Tesla was working on AC, alternating current. And when uh, Westinghouse chose Tesla's AC power to power the World's Fair, the 1888 World's Fair, that kind of uh, pushed it over the top. And uh, AC power is pretty much exclusively what we use today. There are some things that use DC power, but Tesla won that battle before kind of descending into some sort of madness and like you said, dying in a mysterious way. Um, yeah. So like, let's, let's get, let's get into the lyrics and we can talk about, um, you know, the little schooling that, that Flans mm-hmm. does here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so right off the bat, we got uh, Tesla brought the x-ray photo to the world, brought the AC power to the world. Like I said, mm-hmm. and um, when, when I was looking it up though, it sounded like there were a lot of things that, Tesla either didn't get credit for or um, he had a, a fire in his laboratory and lost a lot of notes and a lot of machinery and stuff like that. I think the the x-ray thing, I think there were several people that were working on similar technologies at the time, um, and he was one of them. But Flange just kind of like, I mean, you know, it's a song, so you kind of just like get to right. the point. You know, he, oh, hey, he invented the x-ray, but he really didn't, I don't think. Right. 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 Yeah, he published some articles on the topic of uh, x-rays, but it's still kind of a little um, disputed. But as far as Flans is concerned, he brought the x-ray photo to the world. He brought the AC power to the world. Yes. And then we get a little more, they might be giancy in the lyrics. Um, Not that there there isn't precedence here with Meet James Mm Ensor or James K. Polk, the kind of biography song. Um, but in right. this, in the second, in the first verse here, here is a mind that can see across space. Here is a mind soaring free. Sound turns to light, and light turns to waves, and waves turn to all things perceived. What do you think about that? <laughs> I do think that um, one of the, I don't know if running gag is the right word for it, but a thing that general that happens a lot is that people. Will say, man, wonders they might be giants going to do a "Here Comes History" album, and the, that's never going to happen. Um, uh, 
partially because I don't think that uh, uh, Disney's going to sponsor that. Um, but also partially yeah, I because I don't think that <laughs> that uh, Bambi Giants necessarily works at their at their height when they're being uh, fully correct or literal with the actual events that are that are happening. Mm-hmm. Like James K. Polk is probably the most accurate telling of history, uh, glossing over tons and tons of context, in in a way where it's like they'll introduce James K. Polk with a "Hey, this is a." A song about a guy that really sucked and then they'll sing the song yeah <laughs> um they they tend to work on this more absurd kind of level with the way that they describe events of all types whether it's a uh here's a historical figure or here is a person that is playing in a bathroom with mirrors right they kind of heighten everything and mm-hmm. there's no real good way to do a history-based album if you're trying to heighten the experience in any kind of way right right Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean if you try to think through that as like some sort of literal representation of what tesla was doing it you'll just totally uh you know go bonkers uh very much the like (laughs) kanye west everything is the same style of thought everything Mm. is waves Mm. which Let's not get into Kanye. <laughs> There's too much there. Uh, so, and then and then right after that, we got the maybe that knowledge would drive one insane. And how can uh, how can that knowledge be tamed? So there there is a thought that he did that Tesla was kind of losing his mind a little bit, and he had he was struggling mm-hmm. with some sort of mental illness in the last decade of his life. Um, and he was living in the, the Hotel New Yorker, which then uh, Flansburg mentions later. But so for 10 years, he was living in this hotel. It sounded like he had this this routine of commuting to, I think it was outside some church to like feed the pigeons. And there was one account I read, um, I can't, I'm not sure where I read it at this point, where he believed he was communicating with the pigeons, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but so one of these times when he was going to feed the pigeons. He was struck by a uh, taxi and refused to go to the doctor, which I think for a scientist is kind of a weird thing to have. Like if that was, he never went to the doctor. He just didn't do it, which doesn't really track with being a scientist, but, but you know, and then, so the thought is that slowly, you know, over the next few years, those injuries ended up leading to what killed him. And, uh, Mm -hmm. They found him in the one of the uh, the room keepers found him a few days later. The Hotel New Yorker, he's dead on the floor of the body of Nikolai Lies. And then let's see. Ushered the radio wave into the world. So I was looking that up. And Marconi is the one that gets the credit for it. But there are many people, including Flans, scenes of fight for Tesla being the one who invented that but then he says uh ushered the neon light into the world and here i'm finding people definitively saying that tesla didn't invent the neon light or fluorescent lights but he did improve them so we'll give flans pass on that and at the world's fair he uh demonstrated neon light signs so he he did shit with neon right you know i do think that like one of the things that is Despite saying that they're that the great band's use of history is a little uh, 
less than uh, kosher. Uh, one thing that is is very apt about how this song describes Tesla's achievements is that at some point a person gets the credit for a thing that takes several people to make right like we look at the iphone right and we say oh yeah no that's a steve jobs thing mm. and it's like yes but one it's a company of people and two that this phone is like made out of years and years of innovation made from hundreds and hundreds of people it's very rare that we see these modern technologies show up fully invented fully like out there by one person even mm-hmm. our ideas of science come from research done by other people like Sure. Everybody stands on the shoulders of giants, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they so might it be is, giants. It is, it is, this is, this is uh, classic myth-making, I think. And the song, as far as, as, far as like, history goes, being a here is this myth of this person uh, is incredibly accurate, uh, even if some of the things in the song are just not true. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it kind of goes back to the way we were talking uh, about how you know, you like to interact with people in the shitposting group and all that. It's like if Flans wrote a song and he was like, Tesla, he was okay and he did some stuff, but maybe the other people did this stuff and not him. Tesla was a guy who contributed certain things to the development of this process that is now important to the world, just doesn't have the same ring to it. Right. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you know, stress the... uh, the greatness or, or the weirdness or all of the above. And you can't just be like, yeah, he's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. Part of his mystery is that he, yeah, he did become such a hermit. It sounds like at the end of his life, he still worked mm-hmm. on stuff, but he, he lived alone. He never married. He never had any kids. Um, yeah, here in the, in the verse, it says the body of Nikolai lies with just his papers, no family to tell. Out of the window, birds fly. Um, one cool little tidbit, though, when I, whenever, whenever I heard the song, I always was very confused by the the line, under an x-ray of Mark Twain's skull. I'm like, that's random. But those dudes were friends. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Mark Twain and Tessa. Yeah, yeah, they met each other in New York and uh, would... Uh, have long discussions about you know fancy guy stuff. <laughs> oh, one thing I do want to add, um, uh, I had a pet theory for a while about the album Nanobots mm-hmm. that every song on Nanobots was a had a direct was linked in some way to a song on a previous album. And I don't think that's true anymore, but mm. the. Out of the windows, birds fly. I immediately go to uh, "Birds Fly" written by Flans, which is on mix miscellaneous T, and then um, Stone Cold Coup d'Etat has the line "Autumn leaves will burn as the seasons turn uh, nature's hand and tooth and in claw," which goes all the way back to "No one knows my plan." And I, I was just like, "What if there's a what if there's a connection? It's all connected." But then <laughs> you look into that for a month or two, and you're like, "This is too much work," and it probably isn't correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know it's fun to go down those wormholes though oh yeah um so i had to look into the death ray though because that's just you know that's just like one of those things that it sounds like well that's just something out of you know star mm-hmm. wars or something right that's like something oh, yeah. that to a kid is like I get to, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna take you all down with my death ray but oh, the, yeah. 
<laughs> it was pretty much just it never really came to be there there are things that that the navy uses now these laser weapon systems uh in the let's see that the navy deployed in mid 2014 that uh could be called a death ray but but pretty much it's a or it was supposed to be a particle mm-hmm. particle beam particle beam or electromagnetic weapon that uh tesla and some other people were all kind of uh independently working on in the 20s and 30s um they all claim to have invented it independently and another it's another one of these things um yeah, Tesla claimed to have invented a, I'm just on the, you know, Wikipedia slash uh, death ray, invented a death beam, which he called Teleforce in the 1930s and continued the claims up until his death. He explained that this invention of mine does not contemplate the use of, use of any so-called death rays. Uh, rays are not applicable because they cannot be produced in quantities to diminish uh, at a, intensity at a distance. And then all of it just gets way too complicated. But uh, for oh, yeah. me to understand, but let's just say, oh yeah, he he proposed that a nation could quote destroy anything approaching within two hundred miles and will provide a wall of power <laughs> in order to make any country large or small impregnable against armies, airplanes, and other means of attack. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said. Yeah, uh, he said that it drew power from the ionosphere, which he called an invisible ball of energy surrounding Earth. And he would use, uh, he said that he could he could make this thing using a 50-foot Tesla coil, which is another thing that he's known mm-hmm. for, though those are primarily used to, like, look cool these days. I don't right. think they really use Tesla coils anymore, but they shoot the fucking lightning off of there. It looks pretty badass. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla coils. Tesla coils. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, the rest of the song he mentions a couple of other things. It sounds like a uh, remote control stuff was one of the things he was kind of known for too. Uh, wireless technologies, and he had some little like he basically made like a remote control boat that he uh, rode around and impressed people with. Uh, nice. it was, you know, driving this thing around a, a pond or whatever. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, Though before we get into the remixes, we we need to talk about the musical elements of this song because those will come to play as it is sliced and diced up into these remixes. What do you like oh, yes. best about the, uh, or what are your thoughts about the musical arrangement of the song, Tesla? Yeah, I was listening. I was listening to this, re-listening to it for the podcast, and I liked the song more than i remember liking the song or like the musical aspect of it i can't tell if it's one of those things where the better music equipment that you listen to the song is the the better it is mm-hmm. because there are some songs where if you listen to it just like casually then you're like yes this is a song but then if you listen to it with like really nice equipment then you're like oh there's all these like intricacies going on here and i re-listening to it um I definitely there's definitely a lot more in the arrangement that's like really subtle that mm-hmm. I appreciated, uh, but for a long time this song just bored me, just absolutely bored me. I was, I was less like, yeah, I get the point. Yeah, it's Tesla. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I know, I know, I know. It's the guy. I know he is the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there because I I love Nanobots, and there's so many bangers on that. 
and and there's all those little short songs and then all of a sudden it's like oh here's a slow one okay all right next one <laughs> yeah nanobots is, is an album that um is kind of plagued by its mr it's 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 um album this tracking order mm-hmm. absolutely kills the momentum like the first let me pull up the track list because I it don't have to memorize anymore. Do you wish they did uh, like another fingertips and just loaded all the short ones together? Are you one of no, those? No, I, <laughs> I, because okay, so with Nanobots, you have the first five songs, right? You have "You're on Fire" through "Circular Karate Chop," "Call You," "Call You Mom," even, right? And then oh, you yeah. have Tesla, right? And then sleep immediately afterwards so which is not very high energy but it's so it's, good it's, it, it is a good song i'm not debating the quality of the songs i'm just saying that tesla is such a slow song mm-hmm. that sleep doesn't necessarily get back to a high energy point that you would need or okay. isn't a like ballad that builds or anything it's just kind of like short song and then stone cold coup de tot which is brilliant and then sometimes along the way, way another ballad and then you have the nine secret set uh, destroy the past high, nine secret steps and then you have the weirdness of all the short songs and then you have a couple long songs that are in between the shorts mm-hmm. it just doesn't have the right balance i don't think of when you're listening to it all the way through i get to i love stone cold kudata but if i'm listening to that album all the way through i get to stone cold kudata i'm just like i don't want to listen to this anymore oh, <laughs> i don't even want to listen to this it's very i, I get I don't, it i get it like i there, like the um, when they released the Flood Live in Australia, um, I remember loading that up, and then Road Movie to Berlin started playing. And I'm like, oh no, no, they, you messed it up. <laughs> what did you do? Did I do something wrong? Right. But no, it's designed to be like that, and it works. It shouldn't. That should not work. That should not be a thing that you make an album and then you're like, we're gonna do the whole thing backwards, and right. then it works. Mm-hmm. But sometimes albums can do that, and the, it's because of how the songs like build off of each other backwards even that it works um and i do at some point i want to write about how album structures like which album structures exist like there is albums that are basically the hero's journey there's albums that are like shakespearean tragedies there are albums that are um there there's like albums that are like fable like they, albums have structures a good album has a good structure and oh, there's an art to it all itself it, there, yeah, it's tough there really isn't and, and i think that like if you could i want to like graph out album structures at some point um in a way where i'm like this is how these albums work and why they work in the way they do uh it's one of it's one of the 35 here is a project that i will do if i have <laughs> two weeks that i can spend doing this kind of thing on it but i just don't like the the, the structure of Nanobots. I think that's part of why fair, Tesla fair. for me was one of those songs I never fully gave its due as far as like its instrumentation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But how about now? I do think that the process of listening to 20 minutes of remixes of the same parts <laughs> over and over and over again helped with that process because you are forced to reevaluate all the little bits that get chopped up into the original song like there's like the little like there's like these little twinkly things in the background of the original song that i never spent time thinking about until you listen to the remix and there's oh, one yeah. that's basically just the twinkly things so you're uh-huh. like oh those are in there 
and then you sit down and you listen to it or like the bass part like these are all things that like the remixes choose to um focus on each remix has its own specific focus mm-hmm. except for a couple of exceptions uh of that rule which are probably the most interesting remixes in the entire collection remixes um but i think that when you go through listening to the individual parts and analyzing how those parts work then the song itself just becomes like it like the process of listening to a song like that makes the song better sometimes doing that makes the song worse but in this case it makes the song better yeah it's kind of like um have you ever listened to the the podcast song exploder oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. like yeah there'll even be like i don't know it was some weezer talking about some song off the white album which is a decent album but it's not like you know one of their greatest but when by the time like he broken it down and played soloed tracks and stuff like that Uh like hearing the solo tracks you're like oh shit that's in there like oh yeah Yeah. you just appreciate the song more it's so yeah i totally totally get that um yeah the song i mean the song is beautiful i mean it's still Mm -hmm. uh you know mid-tempo-y I mean, it's it's on the side of a ballad. I mean, maybe maybe more in dynamics makes it seem more like a ballad because mm-hmm. it's really not that slow. But it, it's kind of a mid tempo right. song that, mm-hmm. like you, it didn't do a ton for me at first. Right. But there is a lot of pretty stuff going on there. And yeah, those those keyboards, the layers of keyboards doing all that twinkly stuff is uh, oh yeah, big part of the appeal for me. They also do they. It also does the Sufjan Stevens trick. Mm, um, what's <laughs> what's that? So if you so anybody that's listened to like I made a parody of Sushin Stevens using the greatest on the ship hosting page, and the trick to doing a bad ripoff of Sushin Stevens is you have a note that is playing the same note just over and over and over again, and then all the other notes around it just move around, mm-hmm. and so it, there's like an E note playing just steady tempo the entire song. Yeah, um, which it's it's a really interesting um music tool because it's one of those things where it's like once you notice it you're never going to not notice it (laughs) but it's also one of those things where if you notice it and you're like i'm going to try this then you can try it and it's going to sound like garbage like (laughs) most of the time until you figure out exactly where to use it and like what and what, what aspects use it but listening to it now i'm like oh yeah they're doing the they're doing the thing the thing yeah yeah, and it, it works in this, like, that kind of trick might not work on a Linnell song as much because his chord uh, progressions are tend to be more complicated. But oh, in, for no reason. <laughs> but in a, in a nice guitar-friendly uh, flan song that's in the key of E, it, it, it totally works. And, yeah, the, that kind of droning effect, um, you're right, that, that, yeah, that E just going through, that droning effect kind of grounds it. Um mm-hmm which you could say is a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it does kind of keep it in this one vibe for the entire song. You know, yeah. It the, also the, song, makes, the song, it becomes a little samey to me by the end. Yeah. It becomes a little bit like a lullaby, especially with the way that they like become mm. like quieter by the end. It's just like, all right, Tesla, he made a thing. Now go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep, like, Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining the baby with a little mustache. 
He's had it all like, along. The baby gets put in the cradle, and then the parents leave, and then the babies are scribbling down a death ray. <laughs> Lightning is coming out of the crib. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you want to get into these remixes? Let's do it. Should we go in the what? What do you think? Because I've been debating this. Should we go in the order that they are on the twenty-three minute video, or do you want to jump to two, four, six, eight to talk about that? Or All right. what do you think? There's, there's um, I think the, I think the biggest one of the things with the remixes is that when I was listening to them, I wasn't watching the videos, right? The, I think the whole idea originally was like, you're watching the videos and it, and it, you know, correlates with the remixes. So I wasn't doing that. And so re-listening to it, uh, the first, you have the original song and then you have, um, the lunar remix, which is very much spacey. And then you have the Teddy remix, which is, uh, I think that's the one with the bass. There's, I can't remember which the teddy remixes. bear remix. Yeah, and there, there's alternate names for all these things on the wiki too, like yeah. the, what they call the lunar remix on the video. And I guess we should yeah. also mention Paul Sara is the one that did the and his team did the video. And it sounds like yes. he kind of inspired them to do all these remixes because he's like, yeah. I got all these video ideas, but this like two yeah. minute something song isn't enough for it. So they did all these remixes. But yeah, we got the lunar remix first, which is um, the wiki calls glitch glitch remix. Then the teddy bear remix is the um, that one. That one I think is a focuses more on the chiming keys. Oh, okay. But there's like oh, more, okay. more reverb. It's pretty much only keys, and it's like an instrumental. Um, okay. And the wiki calls that topsy two, for some reason. Okay. Um, and then we get to two four six eight, which on the video yeah. is called the world from my mailbox remix. Yes. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> why. If, why is there not consistency with these names? I don't know. I, I feel like we should defer to the, to they might be giants, but they call it the world for my mailbox remix. But then on when they finally released it on a proper right. album, they called it two four six eight. So, right, it's very confusing. Um, so yeah, with the with the well, do you want to go in order here, or do we just want to kind of just pass through them quickly I, like that? I'm gonna I'm gonna pass through them quickly. I, okay. Um, but I do want to point out that, um, when I was listening to them personally, right. Um, I was playing Animal Crossing, you know, just, so, you yes. Know, having, so you weren't watching yes. the video. Sorry. I got you. I wasn't watching there. the video. Uh, but then I got to the word remix and the word remix. Uh, what does the wiki call the word remix? Karaoke remix. That makes sense because it has all the lyrics on the screen. And that one is interesting because sometimes the lyrics just don't play. There's just it's just the song, but then sometimes the words don't play. And then in the in this remix, uh, it does um, one of the most interesting things that the almost shit posty. When I get to the hotel New Yorker, she's done before. It just stops. Yeah, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, what? There's like six or eight full seconds of silence. It's just silence, and it's <laughs> it's so. Like that, I'm just like, whoa, what, what is going on here? Um, you go and, and check the video and you're like, wait, is it buffering? What's going on? <laughs> did, I, did I do something wrong? There's, there's very few times where I'm listening to something and I can recall the exact place and time 
like where I heard something for the first time. Like there's there's a couple of like there's a couple of Neutral Milk Hotel songs where I can recall exactly where I was like physically like the physical location yeah. I was like the first time I heard like Garden Head or like the first time I listened to Two Headed Boy Part Two or like O'Cumbly. Uh, all three of those were in Nigeria, I think. And then like uh, there's like a couple of like the cherry songs i know exactly where it was the first time i listened to like i first time i heard it because i wasn't i'm not prepared for it right uh-huh. and with order mix because that one's recent i'm like oh yeah and i was sitting here in this very room listening to this or like uh king park king park by law dispute i know like just listening to that song and then being like oh it's doing like there are moments like that that just kind of like stick with me mm-hmm. and two four six eight is one of those moments because <laughs> i had never I never sat down listening to the remixes because despite the fact that I now listen to albums, I'm like 20 minutes, the same song. No, thank you. Uh, so I was, I downloaded more murder remains and I'm listening to it, you know, uh, this good, you know, blah, 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 you know, and then Tesla two, four, six, eight comes. I'm on the Western Washington university campus. I'm walking to, uh, the Viking union, which is kind of like where they have, uh, like the pan express and subway. And I'm passing Hell yeah. <laughs> on my left is the library on the right is the like, um, English humanities building. And this song plays and I'm like, what is going on? What am I listening to right now? I don't know. I, the first time I listened to that song, I was just stunned. I'm just like, what is this? And <laughs> That for me, right? <laughs> for me to be stunned by the Ambi Giant song is is a rare thing to happen at this point in time in my life. Because when you listen to enough of them, or you, or like, I, there's several times where I've just been like, I'm gonna listen to every one of their albums in order, um, just to be like, just stopped in my tracks by like this song that's going on. It's just it is is such a unique experience yeah me, i mean you've right? heard them do so much weird stuff it's like how oh, can yeah. they possibly out weird themselves oh yeah and then two four six eight happens and this is i don't think i was immediately on the two four six eight train i i would have been on the like i do not like this at all kind of kind of agreement with the rest of the fan base right mm-hmm. but if a song challenges me in that kind of way, then I'm gonna return to it. I there are I've accidentally bought in like purchased more noise music than I'd like to admit. And <laughs> sometimes <annoying> music? <laughs> No 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 noise music. Oh, I've noise accidentally music. purchased okay. <laughs> noise music more times than I'd like to admit. And each time, right, the thing that I've that I've noticed is that some noise music I listen to it, I'm like, ah oh, yes, this is noise. There's definitely noise happening. But then sometimes it'll do something where I'm like, what was that? How is that happening? Like, why did you make that choice? And then I return to it. I listen to it again. I'm trying to figure out what is happening in this song that is like six people doing free form improvisation for 20 minutes. And I just sit and listen to it for 20 minutes over and over and over again until I figure out what is going on. And 2468 for me was one of those songs. And Mm -hmm. Through the, and sometimes you do that and eventually you're like, okay, I figured this out. I know what's going on here. I'm done listening to it. Like some people with, uh, with like Pentatonix, uh, uh, they did a cover of God Only Knows. And I'm just like, why is it sound like this? And I figured it out. They used chorus on their voices. Don't need to listen to that song ever again. <laughs> um, but with 2468, after trying to figure out the song or tackling the song, I have kind of come to the conclusion that it is 
not only the best remix of this bunch, but better than the original song. <laughs> okay, okay. D- defend your 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 thesis statement there. Better than the so, original. Okay. It is it is better than the original and the the thing about the original, right? Even if we were to give the original the highest platitudes that we can, which is, you know, beautiful arrangement, just the way that they do all the layering, all the instrumentation is great, uh, which is true, right? And it's a very gorgeous song, right? It also is a lullaby. It is also just as a beautiful, <laughs> we're going to put you to sleep kind of thing, which, I mean, if you're myth- myth-making, that's fine. However, I would argue that Part of what makes Tesla appealing to people as a character to this day is the amount of idiosyncrasies that he has. The amount of weirdness that is within the life of Nikola Tesla Mm. is part of the appeal of him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And to have a song that starts off with with just a bare vocal uh you know harmonies and then it immediately goes into this drill thing where it's like there's there's marching and there's like and you're just like what is going on here (laughs) it is deeply uncomfortable and deeply unsettling and that is precisely what a song that nikola tesla should have okay yeah that is definitely a good point so it fits more the the lyrical so you're saying the lyrical and the musical content gels more that it makes more sense together that they support each other i no no is it i like if like i think with the original song right you have this the the iron the very giants classic irony bit happens more when you have him kind of singing the hotel new yorker he's down on the floor it's like why are you so happy bro What's going on, man? Right. That's kind of dark, right? right? But this song, you have a you have him singing about like this great dude, and it's just bare, it's sparse, and there's a no in the background, and there's marching, and it's like this great. Here's a man that is so great, and the entire background of the song is just empty, and you're like, why is this like this? What is going on here? There's a larger disconnect between the music and the lyrics for a majority of the song when you get to the hotel new york that's actually where the song's the most fleshed out and the most um the most full actually because it has mm-hmm. like the kind of running background thing and, two, and that's the most four, normal. six eight two like, four, doom, six, doom, doom, doom. the hotel new york like that part's a little bit more normal and then the rest of it's just super weird and super sparse mm-hmm. And it kind of actually forces you to pay attention to what's happening, right? It's kind of easy for some of the Ray Giant songs to kind of lose the impact of how odd the lyrics are. Like, Your Own Worst Enemy is such a great song because oh, it doesn't yeah. rhyme. It spends almost none of the time even attempting to rhyme. Mm-hmm. Like, like the lyrics, if you like read the lyrics out loud, it's, it's your own worst enemy ringing the bell on the door and the person inside says, nobody's home. So your own worst enemy peeks <laughs> inside, inside. <laughs> and sees you softly weeping. None of that rhyme. It makes no attempt to rhyme, but it's like smooth jazz. And so, so you're like, good. yeah. Ooh, doo, doo. And then you listen to it and you're just like, oh, and that's what makes that, that's that, that's that like push and pull. That makes that song work. And it's, it's like, it's so dark in that way because of that push and pull. This song has all the darkness in the music. All the dark weirdness is in the music. And so oh, all the, so the lyrics of being like, here's a man who's so great. And then you're just like, 
but why is it so ominous? What about this man <laughs> makes it so that instead of being this triumphant thing or this like beautiful thing, it's this ugly, disgusting arrangement. Like why like this? And that's kind that kind of um I don't know what word I want to use. That kind of like intentionality that that mm. that it puts into the song makes that just it makes me appreciate the entire song more as a whole. Um, because it's very easy to gloss over how dark this song is if you're not listening to the most bare-bones version of it. Right. You get it more when you hear the remix. Yeah. I want to know what those samples are. I mean, there's definitely samples in this song. They don't credit any samples anywhere, but, like, it sounds like something out of an old thriller movie, like something out of, like, the psycho era or something where it's like, like this kind of, like, pull back the shower curtain and, uh, you know, lady's getting stabbed, you know? Right. And there's other parts where... I would describe it as almost like like a, a Hollywood orchestra like running into a wall where she's like just like this crazy right or like falling down the stairs. It kind of kind of almost harkens back to the critic and kitten intro from the the earlier years. Kind of like Hollywood sting kind of music. It might it might be I don't know if it's called the world from my mailbox because there is the samples were gotten from something called the world from my mailbox. That could be a possibility. I looked mm. up the world. There is a album called The World in My Mailbox, uh, mm-hmm. which I have not listened to. If I was going to guess, I would guess uh, Private in Fourth De- Devons, Massachusetts would be a good looking place. But there's no guarantee that that is actually <laughs> what that is. <laughs> I, I'm without theory crafting. I just googled. I just googled The World from My Mailbox movie. To see if it was something, it happened to be something from a movie. And what comes up first is The Lake House from 2006. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think it's from that. (laughs) But how funny would that be? We we manipulated this rom-com soundtrack to just totally freak you out. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. Will we ever know? They're just such little tidbits. It's so hard to really pull any context from them and like where there's little like the voice that's doing the two four six eight and the like that little thing there like what is that it doesn't sound like it doesn't even sound like it's one of the john's voice manipulated it sounds like it's a it's from it's definitely it's definitely a sample i think the one of the the larger criticisms i have of this remix is that in the line i don't know why this is in there it probably uh, a side effect of the process of making this, but in the line um, with Jessica Favors and the family to tell, there is a slight break in the in the audio with the vocal track. They don't mm. attempt to fill it out. I don't know why. I don't know why that's in there. Mm. It very much seemed like they kind of cop- they cut it out. They put it in the thing in the like workstation, and I didn't do any smoothing over. This is very much it. We are gonna put this out as quickly as possible without trying to go through right. the kind of QA process kind of uh, uh, little 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 things that are that is left but, over from that process. I mean, it is pretty crazy how much work ended up being put into this one just like mid-album song on Nanobots. <laughs> it's insane. You know, there's seven that- remixes and then there's these two other little original songs that came out of it. This yeah. Ho Ho Cuss, which is also known as, what is it called? Hilarious... Oh, what's it called? Uh, 
happier crazier which is like its own little like it's like a ska song yeah (laughs) and then the uh studio cat which is this funny little kind of tuba driven thing that are all in this 23 minute video so filling out this video it's almost like they put out an escape team length album just (laughs) (laughs) revolving around one song called tesla from from the middle of nanobots i the i think the other interesting thing is that a lot of um like there are artists that have for whatever reason these kinds of like remixing a single and there's like eight remixes but normally what they do is they throw them out to whoever right yeah other people Uh, right like like Skrillex will be like, oh, here, hey, remit, hey, bass neck the remix, scary monsters, night sprites, and we're gonna get uh, Mass Effect to do it, and uh, third techno guy, uh, I don't know, I don't know techno people's names, and they all just remix it, they send it back, <laughs> you put it on the thing, you put right. it, you know, as a promotional disc, and you have all these like different like imaginings of it, but this is a band being like, we're going to pick this song. Why did they pick this song? Pick this song, and we're going to do all these weird things to this song specifically while our video guy does all these interesting um manipulations of uh audio well, yeah, of video i, I think they were to... kind of convinced and i don't think it was like they're like this song gonna have eight different versions i i think it was this you know the video and the original video with the guy dressed as tesla skateboarding around is pretty cool um but all this eight millimeter film stuff that they that they <laughs> shot you know they're like, we got all this, all these video ideas. And then John's are just like, all right, we'll stretch this thing out. I mean, <laughs> God, I'd, I'd love to hear, I don't know. I'd love to hear the title track nanobots done seven different ways, but like, yeah, Tesla does seem like an odd choice, but I, I, I do think it was kind of the, the visuals maybe were what inspired the audio in this case, which is usually not the way it works. Yeah. Although I do, Speaking of remixes, I think the one one of the genres, like of all the of all the genres that exist, the main ones that the Johns haven't touched are of the things that, from my memory, from my from my ability to remember, they don't have a main album song that has gang vocals in it, and they don't have a main mm. album song that has breakbeats in it. And it would have been very fun to see this song remixed with like break beats, with like you know, a, like very heavy electronic drums. I would call a little bit close. Yeah, but, I, would, I would call uh, in the portrait, aka the light bulb remix. Mm-hmm. It's got like these little skittering kind of drum machines, and these almost like mm-hmm. jazzy. I'm pretty sure it's a whole new Marty drum track or something. It's like jazzy kind of yeah. breakbeat drums, almost like that's just like super cool. That's probably my favorite uh, remix. Is the portrait? It gets it gets close. I I do think that like the the most breakbeaty thing that they've done was definitely "Am I Awake," and the most gang vocal mm-hmm. thing that they've done is the tub thumping uh, AV club thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that, oh definitely. I mean, but, but would you sec- count a live recording? Is this the question? The sec the the most the closest to gang vocals they've gotten on a studio recording is definitely "Brain Problem Situation." Uh, mm-hmm. when Plant is singing about getting pulled over by the police. Uh, that is as close <laughs> as they get to getting vocals in their entire discography. Yeah. And, yeah, it's great to have... It's one of those songs that has both the Johns on it. And, yeah, I meant to mention, because I bring this up all the time, that in the new 
the modern era of They Might Be Giants, they harmonize themselves. They do their own background vocals instead of the two Johns, the Johns appearing on each other's songs. But in the yeah. case of Tesla, uh, it's got both Johns on it. Oh, yeah. Which I love. 2468 on the wiki is, mm. is <laughs> ranked <clears throat> at 899 <laughs> out of 910 <laughs> scoreable songs. <laughs> Yeah, and it, you know right. the original isn't doing too great either. It's at seven twenty eight <laughs> out of nine ten, but man, so close to the bottom. <laughs> out of that many songs, eight. This is the eight hundred ninety ninth best song. Yeah, there, there, there is eleven songs that people have decided are worse than the song. I'm actually going to look at what eleven songs there are. We can list them. Um, the Val family. Uh, something like the sea, boomerang, crushed by dust, uh, dimension six rock, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song. That is spite. That is a spiteful. That yeah. is definitely will be like my kid watches show too. Yeah, because the Mickey right. Mouse Clubhouse theme song is actually pretty good. Um, good night, my friends. Beneath the planet of the apes, I am a robot type B. Ten Mississippi, and I am a robot. <laughs> so <laughs> this really just. I just like had sex, I, I just had someone sign up to do all the Planet of the Apes songs. I'm letting them do it oh, all, yeah. all in one cluster. That's going to be a good one. 899. Wow. You know, but I, I I think you have really raised my appreciation for that remix. Uh, for sure. Um, oh, speaking of, I may should have done this closer to the talking about the original song, but there is one cool live version um, where they remix it live. No, it's where we hear Tesla uh, as a trio, the Johns and Marty, uh, with oh, yeah. some accordion on it. Which I always love hearing non-accordion songs get accordion on them. This is from some in-store. This one that I found. Oh, okay. Let's check that out. I, I just sent you a link. This is from the Gray Whale in Utah. So, uh, this next song is a is a brand new song, but it's about a very uh, a guy from a long time ago named Nikolai Tesla. <laughs> X-ray photo to the world Brought the AC power to the world Here is a mind that can see across space Here is a mind soaring through Sound turns to light and light turns to waves And waves turn to all things actually did it because i know they did it on a rate on an npr radio show mm. i think it might have been actually another uh because that episode is the same episode where they um where they where they played a game with the uh with the with the contestants uh called wrong and wrong is a game where they ask questions that are that have an answer that seems obvious but then isn't the correct answer. Like if you guess what you might think, you're probably going to get it wrong. Uh And so basically every question, a person would answer the question and the two drawings would like play a note and go wrong. Ding. (laughs) Wrong. Ding. Well, well, I think I found, I think I found that video, but, 
not sure if we've got Tesla in there. I think it's always interesting to listen to um, deconstructed versions of songs or like songs that are more sparse, uh, especially because uh, if we're talking about musical playing ability mm-hmm. and only the ability to play a person's instrument, John Flansburg is easily the least talented person in the band. Easily. <sighs> every every other musician in Such the band harsh words. Circles le- like he's not bad. I'm just saying that I've been playing guitar for maybe a decade and he's been playing guitar for longer than I've been alive by a decade and I'm probably as good at guitar as he is, if not better. Um well, he just doesn't show off. Can you really not say that he's just cuz, you know, he doesn't do I, the solos that he's not that good. So in the song Snail Shell, um, <laughs> in, the, in the studio version of the song Snail Shell, um, the opening riff is played. And then in the first time the riff is played, there is a pinch harmonic played on that high on a doo doo. There's a pinch played right there. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, if you look up any video, and there aren't very many videos because they don't play songs from John Henry. If you look up any video of John Flansburg and Dan Miller playing that song, they double up that part. Dan Miller always plays a pinch, and John Flansburg never plays a pinch. This is probably because John Flansburg probably does not know how to actually play pinch harmonics. <laughs> You're saying they brought in someone to do it on the record? No, no. I'm saying he did it by accident on the record. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, especially, and I know it was him playing that because on John Henry, the guitar solo work, um, I don't know which guitar this did that work. He did it. I think they had the same guitarist for John Henry and a factory showroom. When that guitarist wants to do a pinch or do something crazy with the guitar, he can absolutely do that. Like sleeping, like the slow, the solo on sleeping in the flowers, all the solo work done on, uh, how can I sing like a girl? The solo work done on XTC versus Adam Ant has this level of like control there. While the while the opening riff of uh, Snail Shell is very much Flans playing. You can. I love Flans- the rawness of Flans. Style. Oh, We're totally I'm getting not, off I'm, topic here. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with the run. I, well, the reason that I talk about the songs deconstructed is because Flans is at is in his element when he's right like when he his writing right i know that john linnell's writing is generally is the he's generally the guy that people be like oh this is the every giant right because linnell is high tempo lots of different chord changes lots of weirdness happening with the wordplay and all that stuff and flansburg will write some straightforward songs like tesla is a very straightforward song but the but flansburg has kind of like a poet i brought it back the ability to (laughs) take these very simple songs and elicit a large range of emotions like within that song Mm -hmm. and that's a very very difficult thing to do like the entire reason that like sia gets paid a billion dollars or whatever is because she can write very simple songs that can have this kind of like high emotion stuff and then sell them to like rihanna or whatever right and flansburg has the same set of abilities as these kind of pop stars. The difference is that he's writing songs about, uh, <laughs> like, about, about like Nikola, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> and then, or even when he's uh, doing um, more traditional, like love songs, they often have some kind of twist to them. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
like the song uh impossibly new which uh uh the amount of the lack of love that that song gets has to do with one and uh the way that the song is mixed and two because it's not it's 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 one of those like slower tempo songs right but that song is absolutely stunning um brilliant written uh linnell was quoted as saying it's one of his favorite songs that Flans has ever written you have songs like uh daylight um also another brilliant like slow song you have uh ampersand which is a little bit higher tempo a little bit more it's probably the most so poppy good. normal normal uh love song but it is like you ampersand me which is a little like love there's a little bit of like yeah he like his ability to write these melodies and write these like structure these songs is just kind of like is is actually incredible it's actually just one of the most impressive things about this band like Linnell's songwriting is much more all over the place right and uh like you have a song um i've been thinking about neck rolls for whatever reason a lot a song that it took a while for me to grow on because the first time you listen to it it's very much like oh yes I do know. Yes, you are playing fifty chords. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and but Flans will write these songs that are like unassuming, right? Right. But if you try playing like neck rolls, a song like neck rolls with that lineup with Flans, Linnell, and Marty, um, it'll be very difficult for them to do mm. justice to that song because yeah, right. part of how that song works is you have the entire band arrangement you have all the different parts the bits that are coming in and out you have like like neck rolls has the monday like the bit where the accordion is featured and everything kind of drops away like makes that like pops in that song mm-hmm. uh, and so you can't really do that with three people so having a song where you can sing it with three people and nothing is lost um because of that is a very very difficult thing to do especially when you start off with this very lush very detailed very intricate arrangement in the studio version um and that that was my main takeaway out so you so you liked it (laughs) (laughs) the long short of it is you dug it (laughs) i think it sounds great like that um but i'm an accordion player so you know i'm a sucker for that more accordion. They just need more accordion in their modern stuff. It's just that's uh, it's my that's that's a big gripe for me. The accordion is oh, not yeah. featured as much as it once was. I I will say though that when they do use the accordion, when the accordion shows up, that it definitely just hits like like uh like the else and mm-hmm. I like fun. I think are the only two albums that have zero accordion on it. Um, and with the else the song that probably could use the accordion the most is i'm impressed um i like fun that would be cool. does not mm-hmm. have a let me think i like fun honestly doesn't have a great spot for the accordion to be there and i think that just shows how sure much to find something oh i know i know you can put it somewhere oh it's that's not it's not a question of can you put accordion in a song the answer is yes uh the question is also should you put accordion in a song the answer answer is is yes yes. (laughs) the question becomes if you put accordion in the song how much better will this song be right Mm -hmm. because with any song you can add 
el- you can add elements of any style of music that can add to that can add to the song, but sometimes you have diminishing returns. Like, uh, like you could add more complex drum parts to some more simple and grand song, and it would be cool. But sometimes th- a more complex part doesn't add that much, or a more complex bass part doesn't add that much. Mm-hmm. Like, despite being a bass player, I don't generally write super complex bass parts or super complex guitar parts because sure. while I do appreciate the, my friends that are capable of doing that, I don't think that necessarily adding super complicated things are going to add to the types of songs that I'm writing. And that's the kind of way that I look at these style of things. I think with I'm Impressed specifically because it's this kind of like um, broad song. It has this kind of like um it's very wide. I don't know how else I can describe it. It's like wide and gray. You could probably add that like piercing accordion sound, like that kind of drone of the accordion and the kind of way the bells mm-hmm. makes the makes the sound inconsistent. If you added that to I'm Impressed, it would absolutely make the song better. But I don't think on I Like Fun, there's a specific spot where you could add accordion and the song would necessarily be actually you could say if we if i was going to pick a song it'd probably be let's get this over with because when they do it live they use accordion on the live version and it works live version well uh but i don't think it would work as much as adding that to i'm impressed but what do you think about on on tesla here do you think there should have been accordion on the studio version because hearing in this live version sounds good but i wouldn't want to lose those chimey bits either from the studio version why not both I think that if they were to add accordion to the studio version of Tesla, it would be one of those things where they would have had, they could have, they would bury it in the mix. Like it would be probably mm-hmm. very subtle accordion playing. Like sure. when you have the, when you have the choruses, then having accordion chords just kind of underneath all of the chimey bits would fill up the song a little bit more. It would I also think make the, the way an accordion can swell, I think, really could have yeah. been pretty sweet in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that was a cool version. Um, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends. Reliant K? I think I've heard of them. Aren't they Christian or something? Don't they spell Reliant wrong? Well, you won't have to answer these questions for yourself. We're Jess and Danny, and on our show, Sadie Hawkins Pod, we're going song by song through Reliant K. You may have heard our crossovers with This Might Be a Podcast, and we're still doing our thing, looking at the band that we think might be the perfect match of geeky rock like TMBG combined with 2010's pop punk. Even if you're familiar with Reliant K from their songs like Be My Escape, Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, and Deathbed, we haven't even done those songs yet, and we think you'll learn some surprising things about the band if you check out Sadie Hawkins Pod. Listen now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most anywhere podcasts are found. And we'll see you at the next punk rock show... Uh, wrong band. Oh, wait. Uh, we'll see you on your deathbed. There is no cover section proper for this because there were no covers. But when I when I searched, I searched SoundCloud, Bandcamp, nothing. When I searched YouTube, just with TMBG Tesla covers, this came up. Sending you something here. <clears throat> it's not. Tech, it's not. Whoop! I just sent you the wrong link. I sent you that same thing again. Let me copy paste the right one this time. 
Okay, here we go. Not technically a cover because what the fuck is just what is going on here? Hold on. Okay. Oh, what I what I will no, I'll, say. I'll find before, yeah, go ahead. Before before you get into that, uh, I do know that I have covered Tesla once, uh, and that was on Bandcamp. Uh, it's not good though. <laughs> no, Where, no, no. I not. searched for it. I couldn't find it. Do, should so we play it in here? No, no. Okay, okay. I will explain because the background of that was I think. I think that was during my spring break. Um, I was bored, and I think I made a post in the TMBS group that was just like, if I this gets XYZ likes, then I'm going to play the entirety of Nanobots from beginning to end from memory, <laughs> no prep time. And so I did play Tesla uh-huh. during that period, and I put it on there. But I don't. But I know for a fact that I butchered it because I butchered every song. Because you cannot play an entire album from beginning to end <laughs> from memory. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> the amount of because even if you get know the gist of the song, because I do know the gist of every Jeremy Chance album. Like if you asked me, um, what is uh, the, like the thing is like you, I think I had the set list in front of me and that was it. Um, if you ask somebody what is the what is the opening line of uh uh in fact right uh but from join us mm-hmm. uh like I know how that song goes and I think I don't know for sure what the first words of in fact are I think it's I'm a mess in my see my I don't know see it's yeah I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's this. Oh, man. I've not watched this in a long time. So, okay. Yes. So, <clears throat> this it doesn't count as cover because it's from... It's on the official Particle Man page. It's... Uh, yes, They Might Be Giants wanted to put even more Tesla content out into the world. This is called Tesla Word Jazz. And it was created using Extra Normal Movie Maker or something. It says yeah. two football players, as we call them, soccer players, talk about Tesla. <laughs> You don't have to listen to the whole thing there. Check that out. It's just so goofy. <laughs> Tesla. He brought the X-ray photo to the world. He brought the AC power to the world. Here is a mind that could see across space. Here is a mind soaring free. Sound turns to light and light turns to waves and waves turn to all things perceived. Ushered the radio waves into the world. Ushered the neon light into the world. The Hotel New Yorker. He's dead on the flip. The body of <laughs> Like, why? This, I mean, these are the kind of things that I find when I'm searching for covers, but usually they're just done by some goofball. This is, this is on the official YouTube channel. <laughs> why does it have that jingle thing every time they say Tesla? <laughs> Who the fuck knows why anything with this video? <laughs> so yeah, but you don't you don't want us to play your cover, or did you pull it down off Bandcamp, or no, what did you do? No, 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 it's still up. I'll send you a link to it. I've not listened to this since I recorded it. Um, Bandcamp, so, Bandcamp search for feature must must be janky or something. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna also listen to this again, um, and we'll see exactly how bad this is because it is going to be bad. Oh, we're playing it. <laughs> 
Craig world into the world, brought the AC power to the world. Here is a man who can see a cross face. Here is a man soaring free. Sound turns to light, and light turns to waves, and waves turn to all things mercy. I think I think I think one of the one of the um one of the pluses of doing this thing, which I think I'm going to do when I'm writing music in the future, forcing yourself to go through an entire album without stopping really sets in what lines from a thing are memorable and what lines aren't. And if you have a thing that's only memorable lines, you're golden. But if you have a section where all the lyrics are just gibberish in your brain, then you can just throw those out and try better ones that you're actually going to remember. Mm-hmm. I think the lyrical goofs are one of the best parts about it. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay, that's great. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. it just totally has that. Yeah, that just live feel that one-off. I don't know. Like I don't know if you ever heard like uh, if you know the Dirty Projectors, they oh. they covered what did they do? Like Black Flags damaged i think they did like the damaged album but just like from memory they're just like this is how i remember it and then they just like played it and they <laughs> they released it it's just like so bizarre just like these are my memories of this album it's not really a cover i like memory is a powerful thing yeah i i that was definitely one of those things where i was like i want to do this i i think i did it with long tall weekend did not put that up because it was also that was i think i was really good for the first three songs or something well this one i knew from the beginning it was going to be a train wreck um <laughs> but i i do think that my the dc lamp was definitely uh, my favorite lyric um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and with just his paintbrush no family to tell I like that bit, and that the fact that Tesla brought everything into the world. That's that's just that's just how it is. Everything, talk about a definitive statement. So we are to the scoring portion of this episode, and you need to score two songs. We're going to score both the Tesla original and the two four six eight remix. We're not going to worry about the other remixes. All right. What would you give scale of uh, one to ten with decimals? What would you score the original Nanobots version of Tesla? Ooh, this is this is tricky. I was not prepared for this section, especially because music scoring. Like Dude. I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking, but I'm gonna go on and say it. Music scoring is such 
uh, interesting thing. Like you have the the pitchfork system, right? Where nothing gets above a nine except for five things, right? Right. And then you have the video game section scoring where nothing gets below a seven except for like five things. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with with the, with that. I think for the original Tesla, I'm feeling a solid seven point eight. Okay. Hmm, that was honestly that was higher than I thought it was gonna be. For this one, um, and again, since I you know with the caveat, I always say that I need to score everything. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at some of the previous stuff I've scored mm-hmm. and. The XTC versus Adam Ant episode, which is not aired, but will air by the time this comes out, I gave that a six point five. And honestly, I hate that song. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. I think I like it a little bit more oh. than than Tesla. Oh, no, I I definitely understand that. The XTC versus Adam Ant though is one of those songs that like I appreciate that song now, especially because it has a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff going on. But if that song comes on and I'm not prepared for it, I instant skip. Uh, so I'm not I'm not surprised that Tesla goes below that, but XCC versus Adam Ant is one of those songs that um, I think this, that's one of the leftover kind of aspects of my youth. Because how long is that song? Four minutes long? That's too long. Yeah, it's, it's close to four. Before. Yeah. But yeah, if, Tes- if XCC half, is six point five for me, I think I'm going to go six point two on Tesla, oh, yeah. the original. Now, what would you score the two four six eight remix? Alright. Well I gave I gave Tesla seven point eight. Um the the original song seven point eight. And well, if I, you're counting by evens, what comes next? Two, four, six, eight. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like I think I think you actually have an advantage here because you have like a full set of references. I'm the kind of person that if that I would wanna just I would reference every single thing. I think that if we're go- I think, based off of the seven point, that's kind of like school cell scoring. So like a seven point seven eight percent, which would be like a C plus, right? Uh, for which is, so I think for two four six eight, I would give that a B plus. So that's like a eight point nine. Okay. Mhm. All right. Let's see. So for me though, going back, looking at uh, the. The song I've given the lowest score to is Austin, <laughs> Austin, aka Stubbs, which got a four point nine. But I I like this better than Stubbs, <laughs> so uh, I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go five point one. Uh, I got a yeah odd numbers for a remix with even numbers, five point one. I. T- Honestly, I was going to go lower than that, but you raised my score. I was going to go lower. I was thinking, I'm like, man, I might have a new lowest score. Uh, but you, 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 your argument really made some sense there about it uh, taking that kind of mysterious uh, part of Tesla's personality and, and making it musical. That really yeah. made sense to me. Um, but yeah. still, it's not something I'm going to pop on all that much. And oh, oh. <laughs> It, yeah, it's kind of curious that that's the one that ended up on, like, how did they pick that one? It was just one of many in 2014 when that video came out. But then mm-hmm. in 2018, they're like, yeah, we need some more stuff for the bonus disc of My Murder Remains. That's the one they picked. You I, know? It's the one that I they like the best. That, 
of the remixes, right, that is the one that probably was the most viable for release. Um, because a lot of the remixes were just instrumentals. And it's kind of harder to sell a, here's this deep cut that's just an instrumental of a song that you already have, right? Mm-hmm. 2468 is a little bit more of a reimagining that, like, as far as the remixes go. And so it has that in its favor. And the other one that's, the, I think, kind of more reimagined has doesn't have half the lyrics in it. So right. if you're going to pick something from your vault, you probably want a song that has all the lyrics in it. Um, if it's an instrumental, you want something that hasn't been, that's very much not at all released. And that one, this is the one of those remakes that fits the kind of blueprint of being a completely, a complete song they can give to a person with no context, despite the fact that they will be confused and not like you for it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you now. (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting one. It definitely is the most different of the remixes, uh, for sure. And a song that just sparks so much conversation in the, in the fandom. Um, I mean, you, you got to give some props to a song that inspires uh, hatred from a fan of the band. You know, oh, especially it's, because there's you know. there's there's the the bar as far as I'm not gonna I can't say too much because you have future episodes. But just if you go through the like than the earlier years you get some of the most inane nonsense like fake out in buenos aires or uh-huh. main street usa uh-huh. or the big big court of you listen to these songs you're just like what the fuck is going on here but i don't <laughs> wait, think wait I, let me know, see i did the i'm deaf episode by myself oh, as april song. fools i did oh, an april <laughs> i did it as an april fools gag where my guest was their drum machine <laughs> and so i was talking to the drum machine <laughs> you haven't heard this one <laughs> i haven't heard let me I see. What did I what did I give? I'm deaf. Um, I gave it. Did I not score it on that episode? I'll have to go back and see if I actually scored it. I didn't mark it on my spreadsheet. But I like I'm deaf. But yeah, it, it's. I think it's also something like people sit with these classic songs for so long and they'll accept the the bizarre elements, whereas. They might be giants of the modern era. Them to do something like Tesla 2468 is a lot more kind of out of the blue. Like if Tesla oh, yeah. 2468 came out in the late 80s and was put on then uh, compilation, people probably oh, yeah. would love it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I, context really is everything for uh, listening experience. And so uh, when people don't like the, the songs that I like uh, – because I like it for the weirdness and I don't like it for the weirdness. I the one thing that I do think is is uh, is a boon, at least for my even my own listening experience. Because again, I started off not listening to any pop music, but then as I got older, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try listening to what's on the radio. I'm going to try figuring out what's going on here, and then trying listening to these songs from this from a from a new with a new set of ears or like with this whole other understanding of how i'm going to do it mm-hmm. opened up like doors of like what songs i like and what songs i don't like like um and and i do think that is that it's important with this band that's been going on for a long time that when they try new things because they're going to keep trying new things that people should even if they hate a song they should be like, okay, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on here. I'm going to try to figure out why I hate it. Because if somebody says, I hate this song, and they can list every reason why they hate a song, I absolutely 100% respect that, even if I disagree with every one of the reasons. Because if you sit down and break down why you hate something, then it means that you've paid attention and you've, you know, you've, right. you've looked at 
all these aspects of it and you're like i hate every aspect of it but you know what the aspects are you know why you hate something and i like that is, that is that is all i could ask for honestly if people hated mm-hmm. my thoughts it'd be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's important to be able to back up your opinions in this uh especially when you're doing a podcast about it and so you, you did a great job of uh boosting the score of two four six eight so good work there young man uh so what would you like to plug to the peoples out there tmbs.bandcamp.com yeah that's the thing every giant's uh bandcamp there i think the one of the one of the the interesting things about how I work is that I'm kind of all over the place as far as like what I'm doing, whether that's art, music, or writing, or it's just kind of all over the place. So I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. I have personal <laughs> use There's too many things, I promise. Okay. So if you, uh, if you Google my name, Eclemcio Kembo, uh, Google probably will correct that you're probably going to find half of these things. So that might include like the TED talk I did or my medium page. Uh, you probably won't find my Twitter. My Twitter is at radar signals. My music is at contrary to popular belief. Uh, that is, um, that's my own personal music. I have done music work with several other bands. One of those bands is, uh, my friend, Michael, who released an EP called 27. I played keys on it. I played all the keys on it. And I also did, I have a little vocal feature in the beginning of that. Uh, I have a YouTube where I talk about children's television because, um, I am cursed to, uh, <laughs> overthink things. Oh yeah. I remember and- mentioning that when we talked before. Yeah, I yeah, it's I do like the my passion is um always very high uh which means that I have a lot of ideas and a lot of different ways to express those ideas. So there's no really clean way to um plug myself, but I suppose Twitter is a central hub, so that is at radar signals uh which is a reference to uh, the bearing me without you plus the nickname my uh fifth grade teacher gave me so i think you need to get yourself an old school website and collect all this I stuff pro- on that I website do need to get a website <laughs> i should okay i'm gonna break that down and get a website <laughs> i i think you know you'd have a much better chance of getting eclamgeocambo.com than i would have having getting gregsimpson.com because there are oh, many oh. more of me <laughs> <laughs> oh you're right with my name i couldn't even get the gmail that i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice yes people go uh this dude he's he's got his fingers in a lot of pots you gotta uh, go check out some of his stuff and as for me you can find this might be a podcast at this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com this might be a podcast.com i got a website it's not that good but it's there uh f- I'm on Twitter. This might be a pod. Uh, email me. This might be a pod at Gmail and leave me voicemails at two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. If you really like what you're hearing and you want to support me, go to Patreon.com/slash. This might be a podcast. Get yourself some merch and some bonus episodes. Eklemchi, thank you so much for being on, man. That was that was a good one, man. That was a good talk. Thank you for having me. Of course.
Brought the radar detection to the world Ushered remote control Into the world Ushered the bladeless turbine Into the world Ushered the neon light Into the world